like adventure time they like adventure time just have fun be yourself your intro is in unacceptable conditions no No, it's it's gotta be fine come on what what are you talking about it's a great uh, this is never ending adventure podcast night 12 years dungeon 12 years dungeon in, in ned's basement Russell can't survive that long. <laughs> I don't know if Russell can survive that long. Oh, man. <laughs> I love that. First of all, I love that you made it through the most obnoxious intro we've ever done. Oh, ever. no. We got to catch the attention. We got the podcast catch. listeners in. They're they're fully invested in what we have going on here. Invested. Welcome to the NeverEnding Adventure podcast and Adventure Time podcast. We're talking about too young today, Ned. Uh, I'm oh. Russell Tindall, one of your co-hosts, and Ned... Is on yeah. the other side of my screen and on the uh, well in your ears as well. Yes, and man, I'm just I'm so happy we're at this episode in season three now. Like it was, I'm I'm not gonna lie. Like transition from season two to season three, we were waiting for this episode to happen. We really were, you know, yeah. like this. Yeah. You, you literally ended season two, and you were like, "Man, I want more. I want the continuation. I feel like this should have rolled into season three. And this this really is conceptually rolling from season two, you know. It is, but what the? Why are we only getting one episode of like thirteen year old Princess Bubblegum? We need more think, than that. That's <sighs> not right, man. That's not right. We need more than just one episode of Princess. Like I get it, being eighteen is plop dumps and waggle zags, but we it, need true more than one episode of her being Baloo Bazoobies or whatever the heck she called herself. <laughs> yeah, she said Baloo Bazoobies. <laughs> being 13 is Baloo Bazoobies. Um, uh, no, it, it really is. I, I mean, I think if I had to wager a guess with the writers, I would really imagine that they had an idea to explore this like maybe potentially long-term relationship with Finn and Princess Bubblegum at her age. But like, the way this one ends with her being like, oh, it's five years ago, you know, we're totally over that. It's kind of good that they didn't develop this into something that the the audience was invested more in. And wanted it to come back later on in the show. I, yeah, I agree. It, yeah. it scratched the surface and it scratched, it It really made Finn... It was a cool concept. Yeah, sure. well, it made him develop that whole thing where he now has a legit crush on her. Like, it's not just like a little you know, kid crush on an older girl. Like he sees the potential. He is wagering his bets. He is strategically going into these situations with like, this can actually happen now. And he's never done that before of ever having like, he probably crushed on PB before with the mentality that it was never going to happen. So this is the first time we've seen him get in his zone. He calls up his boy. That's what we do. We call up our boys. He calls up Jake (laughs) on his little... Jake is not the boy you want to call up, though. Seal the deal, bro. (laughs) Seal the deal, bro. I mean, like, you you, you Uh, need some guys in your life like that. You need some guys that, you know, they don't need to be all up in your biz about your relationships, but uh, he's... he's, I do like how Jake is full moral support, but it's what we've talked about before. It's my Jake mistake of the episode. Making big pancakes. Is it? It's when Finn calls him the second time, 
and he's just giving him the instructions. We're to going win. to the end of this episode right now. Yeah, dude, we're, this one oh has to gosh. jump all over the place. We cannot canonically. Right. No, that's or, fine. That's fine. Yeah, because my I, mean, I just thought it was. I just end. thought it was funny where we go like Bimo at that that first part when he says seal the deal and Bimo's like, "How's it going?" And uh, Jake says, "I think it's going good." And then that sassy Bimo comes out. I'm like, your game boy. <laughs> I I love that. But it's interesting that you want to go and dive deep into your Jake mistake. Yeah. I, I want to I knock think it it's out. a bad dog too, living in a movie. Like I think it's <laughs> it's all over the place, dude. You know the line is ragdoll living in a movie. Bad right? dog living in a movie. <laughs> That song uh, is Ragdoll living in a movie. Been over this, it does That's... sound like bad dog though. <laughs> but no, Jake is a bad dog in the sense that I love it in the beginning. I almost entered this episode going, is there a Jake mistake? And for sure, at the end, when he gives him the worst advice ever. I got it broken down if you want me to go through it real fast. <laughs> well, break it down because I will have the rebuttal to it for okay, sure. Because okay. it's, it's, well, it's, it's fucking bad advice, man. Like yeah, it really it's is. bad. Finn, Finn gets dumped and Jake is like, here's how you win the heart of a princess. And he's playing his video game and he's talking about his advice at the same time, which is really just what he did in the video game. But I love, and BMO has that, he doesn't approve of any of this. BMO has a frown mm-hmm. at the end of it. But first thing he says is be persistent. So basically, if she doesn't like you, just keep at it. <laughs> like you'll wear her down. It's okay. The second oh. thing he says is, beat a demon lord and warp through several worlds, which, okay, beat up people that are in your path for this person that you're pursuing and follow them wherever they go. So good advice too. I I like it, Jake. Okay, walk up the wizard stairs and unlock the chamber door. So just unannounced, I I guess. Walk right up to the princess and give her a smooch. And no consent. Nice. Nice, Jake. Really love it. Face value, there's a lot of things wrong with that. <laughs> like literally, yeah, <laughs> pursue her no matter where it takes you. I wouldn't give you that advice either as a person. No. Um, non-consensual kissing wouldn't give you that advice as a person. Uh, my third reason and the main reason why I call this my Jake mistake is the fact that this is literally what Finn has been doing all this time. He's been adventuring, hmm. slaying demon dungeons, getting in the mix, like pursuing her, like again, even at the end of the episode when he's like, run up those wizard steps. It's what he's been doing and it's it's not going to work. And so it's like, Jake is giving him literally just like the same advice of stuff he's been doing that's literally been, it's just bad. It doesn't yeah. work and it's not going to work unless she's 13 and gosh darn, if she was still 13, this would still be terrible advice, you know? Oh, totally. And I almost, at the beginning of this episode, my first thought was like, is it wrong for Finn to pursue her right now? Like, is this not okay? I know they're the same age, but just, she's not herself. She's not who she normally is. Is it morally, it's kind of vague and it's, you know, maybe It's, it's not wrong because they are the same age and whatnot, but it just feels weird for him to pursue her right now yeah, I in mean, my opinion you 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 hit the gray area there and i yeah. i didn't think about that as much in this episode but i'm glad you brought it up is the fact that like should he be helping her get back to her pre lich state yeah you know and and there is maybe it should be a guilt factor of he's not taking advantage of the situation but 
No, Gosh, he's, darn not. It. he's Gosh, just enjoying it. Feels it. Like hanging it, out, you know, you know? Yeah, a little bit. Well, here's what I'll say though. Mario from Super Mario or Mario 64. Well, wait, hold on. Whoa, whoa. Which one? Mario 64 is what I'm uh, referencing right now. Okay, good. Really? That's, that's, I I think that's, that's primo right there. I love Super Mario, but Mario 64. I think Super Mario is better. I don't know. Whatever. Okay, well, Mario 64 goes through the whole game, right? You collect all the stars, you save the, the princess. You know what he gets, what his reward is? He doesn't go up the wizard steps and gives her a kiss. They go and make cake. They just go back inside <laughs> the castle and, and get a cake. Like, Mario just, I don't know, man. Finn, it's not worth it. Just take so is my a lesson, lesson from Mario. Is my lesson of the episode is just plumbers like cake? <laughs> yeah, yeah, plumbers like cake, I guess. But it's guess just so. not, Finn, it's not worth it. It's not worth slaying the dragon just for the princess, you know, is, is what I'm getting at, essentially. Yeah, um, and but that last scene has such a cool vibe. Like, I know it is a Jake mistake, and it's our bad dog. But at the same time, you have Jake, and the music and the back of that is just so bubbly and cool. And Finn looks up at the tower and says, "Go up the wizard steps." And yeah, it, it leaves creates you a with a really cool vibe. It leaves you with a feeling. It it really Great left you. Feeling, yeah, and I love that moment of this episode where it pans up and it leaves you with this ambient feeling. And that's how you kind of, that's how you're really getting into season three of this show and realizing that it's supposed to make you feel like Finn is on this development journey. And it's supposed to make you feel like this was thought through very, very thoughtfully by the writers of he just, he helped her to become back to 18. And this was one of my deep thought, thoughts of the episode is that okay. he could have just lived with it, you know, Earl of Lemon Grab takes over, whatever, but I got my lady. He does help her become 18 again and it screws him over. Um, yeah. So I love he that. Helps I love, her, helps her prank him and, and goes way out of his way to make sure all that stuff, you know, goes as well as it can go, sort of. Well, the, the well, the pranking is the immature part of the episode. And, wow, I didn't okay. know we'd be getting this deep this early because this is like, yeah. oh, this is, it's, I mean, it's all my deep thoughts combined. Well, and we could talk about, I've got a lot of deep thoughts about Lemon Grab. Yeah, so let's keep it on Princess Bubblegum and, and Finn and for now. Finn, is that, that he does start off with PB pranking. And I, I love that because that's so Finn. And... It's so Finn's mentality of how he handles, you know, like aggressive behaviors. He's like, let's just prank him, you know, like, and PB's on board for that. Like, we've literally only seen PB in the last two seasons kind of like push back on Finn and the things you're doing are juvenile. And she's like on board, you know, she's. I think she pranked him even. I think that bath serum or whatever it was that she created. Oh, that she made him like sip on. Well, immediately he was like, oh, hot, so spicy, so spicy, or whatever. And that was a prank in my in my mind. She comes over yeah. and kind of... Oh, that's a good idea. You're a good so spicy, or whatever. And, dude, the joy on Finn's face in that moment. I'm going to have to make a post about Ooh, it because it is just yeah. the, the most pure joy I have seen on Finn's face this entire show so far was it's when the, she comes it's over. It's the first and, time she reiterates the flirty comeback ever. I mean, le- legitimately totally, ever. Totally. Ever. She, 
she she kind of grabs onto his shoulder. And I mean, I, I can picture myself at 13. And, you know, even, even when I didn't like somebody, even like that physical touch, even that like, hey, like we're doing this flirty vibe. You, it, it gets in your head, man, as a 13-year-old. Holy crap. Like that. Oh, man. I was in my head. psych him out, dude. When we were square dancing in middle school. Yeah. I got to hold the hand of a, a girl I thought was cute or whatever. Definitely was way in my head about that. I think I had sweaty palms at one point. I'm like, what yeah. am I doing? That's exactly it. She man. doesn't like me. She's being forced to do this because of <laughs> PE. We all hate this. <laughs> we all hate this. I was like, get to hold her hand. It's like, it's like your first taste at sexual tension. And mm. at 13, I mean, that's when you get your first taste of uh, sexual tension or flirtiness or whatever. And it, I mean, like, you could, he actually likes PB, but I mean, even with people that you didn't like, you were like, whoa, what just happened? Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, <laughs> is that the end of your deep thought about that? I mean, are you still? <sighs> I mean, I have a lot to say yeah. about okay. it, but I do think it's just very interesting. Uh, you do see it. I mean, the candy kingdom, we, I mean, I saw it in Finn and PB's and their, and their interactions and she's being more juvenile. And the way that she wants, they try to prank him three times. And mm -hmm. that's what I love about this episode is that she does become that kind of juvenile 13-year-old. But you do also see the Candy Kingdom's kind of in disarray. The beginning, it's very subtle, but the beginning of the episode, like, yeah, yeah. Like cinnamon buns, like swinging from the rafters, like Manfred's hanging up. There's people partying in the throne room. My so, kind of tops was the beginning of the episode when you see someone sliding down the stairs on a chocolate bar. That was your tops? Like, oh, yeah, sort of was. Because it like reminds me of being tops. a kid when you like slide downstairs on a mattress or something. Yeah, I love that. And that's like such a, such a joyful memory and moment and so i saw that for just a moment i was like yeah sure that can be my tops that's great yeah because i grabs so much more than my tops let's be honest he's wonderful he he's my deepest of the episode and i'll i'm i'm saving i'm literally saving all that for the for the second half of this episode <laughs> i'm I, I was like oh don't get me started i'm gonna get, oh it better I'm be worth it ned We're gonna yes, drag I, people out. I see what you mean though like it's it's so much fun at the beginning of the episode, but it, it is funny to think about the fact that she's 13 and has been 13 since Moral Folly. Like we can assume that this is some, whatever four episodes worth of time is, has been the time that's passed since Mortal Folly. And it's, things are going fine. Like nobody's getting hurt. No, nothing bad's happening. The Candy Kingdom's not in, in shambles. So... Even her at 13, she's doing science experiments. She's running the Candy Kingdom. People are happy. So it, it's just kind of interesting that with her aloofness and her 13-year-old similar to Finness, it works. And then when she goes back to 18 and she gets all business again, it's like, is that is that really necessary? And I think she makes it necessary. She forces herself to be the responsible leader and being like, it's all business. It's all business. It's like a forced thing. Like she didn't have to be that way because her candy people are really happy. Like kind of in any situation. When there's rule going on. Yeah. It's almost like she is going at it from a different perspective when she gets a little bit older. But yeah. I know she's taking, she's sense. taking the responsibility aspect. And I mean, we can really get 
deep into life concepts. Like when we get older and we think that our really creative ideas, music, business ideas, and, and sales ideas, whatever it is, has to be so serious. And honestly, the environments that we live in, they can be jovial. They can be fun. They can be sliding down the banisters on mattresses. <laughs> mattresses <laughs> sliding <laughs> down the band. That is a hard phrase. It is a hard, hard phrase. Um, <laughs> that can be what works in a functional world. And it's only in our matureness where we kind of separate ourselves from that. And we think it needs to be all business. And so that's, I, I appreciate 13-year-old Bubblegum's ruling of the Candy Kingdom because everybody seems pretty darn happy. I mean, what a dang bold move by Finn, though, asking her to hug some more after she turns 18. I shoot you. I mean, what is it? Didn't Jake say shoot your shot, man? Like, yeah, oh, he really he did. Almost, he, he really pretty shot much a shot said there. It. <laughs> he pretty much, Jake was like, shoot your shot, dude. Like, well, I've got a, a new segment for you, Ned. I know you love how many segments I have. So yeah, here's a new one. <laughs> this show's going to end up <laughs> only segments in like five seasons. This segment's called If I Had a Nickel. Uh, <laughs> and the, in the segment, uh, here, here it goes. Um, if I had a nickel for every time in my life, I had someone say to me, only the heat from a whopping love hug can catalyze the reagifying process. <laughs> if I had a nickel, you'd have one nickel. Oh, if I had a nickel, <laughs> is that, is that magic or science, Ned? That's what I, I want to know because she is a- so about science, but it's so vague in the show. This was another one of my deep thoughts of the okay. whole show. Is that yeah? I think we need to dive into that. It just feels like Adventure Time is loose with their definitions mm-hmm. sometimes and when it comes to magic and science. They are doing that. I don't know. Maybe, maybe in this season they are for sure. Later in later seasons, they they make it a gray area because magic obviously exists in this universe. Like we have a guy named freaking Magic Man, like. Oh yeah. Now PB in when we really, really get into later season PB, she does think that magic, all of magic is science. And it, it there is something scientific happening. Somebody's manipulating atoms. It it really gets into play when uh PB and Fire Princess start kind of fighting with each other and she's taking things out of the fire kingdom, um, thinking that they're scientific things and they're kind of more magic-based things. But I love that you bring that up though because that's kind of the funny line of isn't all science magic and isn't all magic considered science? Well, in a make-believe world, I feel like it is. But if you could break down, like if you, something was magic, but then if you studied it enough and you could break it down and it was oh, psycho- psychological wavelengths of meeting this wavelength and only certain people. You could break all magic down into us. And PB tries to break magic down to a science constant, constantly through the show. And yeah, she the says unknown of science can seem magical, essentially, is what you're getting at. Exactly. And, and I think PB always thinks that the unknown can be known. Okay. Um, so her thing going, this hug is going to be the science that molds me. So, so ridiculous. It, 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 I, it is magic. It totally, I mean, it's, it's, it's a totally bunch of magic. candy parts licked together and then a warm love hug is what makes her 18 again is magic. But does yeah, PB... 
understand. It's so ridiculous. Does she understand magic so well that she has magic down to a science that she knows that that's the secret ingredient? So is she a witch? Is she a scientist? Like she's a witch. She's a witch. Let's see if she floats. Tie a bridge to her. And build a bridge out of her. Bridge, build a bridge out of her. Later, get to dock and see which one's heavier. <laughs> that's for that's for those you don't who think we're just being crazy right now. That is a Monty Python ref, like reference. So just pick up on that. one. No, we're all crazy. We're all we're crazy. as crazy as Princess Bubblegum is with her uh, magic or her science. I mean, she's a witch yeah. for sure. Yeah, she's um, she's a candy witch. And also, Finn, the bonding agent. Like, what the mouth do, dog? What? What's up? <laughs> what? <laughs> Did you literally <laughs> just say what that mouth do, dog? What'd you say? What'd you say? <laughs> Did you say what that mouth do? I didn't do? say anything. I think we need to go to a commercial <laughs> break. This is getting out of hand. Oh, this is this has been one. This has been my favorite episode this season. This is so good. <laughs> okay. I love this. This, this is, is a great good. episode of the show. This it is, really is. This it is a really, fantastic I mean, episode. Oh, and it, well, we're going to come back from the break and we're going to talk about lemon crab specifically because we we did I did separate this episode and it was like the things to talk about are PB and Finn on one side in this dynamic, this whole like welcome back from Mortal Recoil. And totally. then we got lemon grab, so we're going to dive into some lemon grab coming up soon. Lemon grab and a little bit of like peppermint butler hate happening. I don't know. I want to dive yeah. into that too. Well, we get we get more. We get some dynamic pep up, which we'll okay. we will also get into that. Which is okay, good. cool. All right, y'all. We'll see you on a second. Coming to you today from the Bubblegum Labco, our new age-defying lemon juice sour serum. Have you ever wanted to be older? Have you ever wanted to be younger? Well, the young Miss Princess Bubblegum, the new ruler of the Candy Kingdom, has released a new spicy serum to take your age and make it a thing of the past. And I'm Randy Ringpop, and I wanted to hit on the older candies, and so I took a bit of this serum, and now I'm an old dum-dum. I love it. They all love me now. Only the old ones, of course. No young people like dum-dums. And I'm Sammy Sweet. I used to be the boring old strawberry candy your grandmother left behind, and now I'm a strawberry ring pop, and all the kids want to have me. I'm so glad I'm young again. <laughs> Get yours today, age-defying lemon juice sour serum. And we have that on the recording. <laughs> it wasn't even counting down that time. It just went straight in. Yeah, we just went straight in. That's how we typically do it, guys. You know, <laughs> well, getting a little, you're getting a little flavor for our creative process. We realized in the commercial that we kind of hopped right into this episode and wanted to give y'all a little bit of what we normally do at the beginning of this episode. Ned and I got to hang out this past weekend, I guess. Yeah. When was it? That was we, like, it was like, Wednesday night. Yes, Wednesday <laughs> it night. Wasn't it wasn't even a weekend. Fun. We no, went man, to we... this place called White Lemo, and it's a Dolly Parton bar. bar. Yeah. It's just pink. Everything everywhere is pink. Everything's I... like white white leather and like suede pink, basically. I'm sorry, Ned, what are you trying to say? Where are we going? Is this a, a weird date thing that's happening yeah. between us right now? I'll go we on weird cocktails. dates with you all the time. We had cocktails, uh, talked to the bartender a lot. Got hit fun. on by some managers from Great Clips Corporate, you know. That was less time. fun. <laughs> that was great, not very Great fun. Clips sponsor <laughs> us. Oh, geez. Your employees love us, I guess. No. Apparently so. Apparently they, they love Your a lot of people. Your older employees. 
But the good thing is that we got to have our good creative juices and our friend mentality keep thriving. No, because it was fun. We got to, yeah, you came yeah, up for work, like, right? Even since I've been in Atlanta, we've had, yeah. I mean, gosh, it's been four months and we've already hung out with each other twice and got to yeah. shoot the shit. So like, you know, it's good. We keep, we're keeping it alive. We're keeping the vibe alive. Trying to. Otherwise, this podcast would be so bland. I mean, dude, there was at least uh, two months spans of time during COVID where we didn't see each other, like in the <laughs> yeah, early days, true. you know? So we yeah. would just treat it like that, you know? It's all good. Yeah. Well, it was great. It was fun to see you when you came up here. Um, and we were going to like, thinking of things that we could do. Honestly, we might do a live sometime soon. I think that could be fun if we planned out going live on socials at some point. But yeah. let's get back into this episode. We'll talk about, we'll wrap it up at the end of this episode. Ned, we have my lovely coming in this episode, an incredible new character. Give, give, give me some sugar, baby. Ooh, the good, Earl of Lemon Grab. Earl of Lemon Grab, he got your lovely. He did. Did he not get your lovely? Why no, would he, didn't he not get, have he your did, lovely? He didn't get my lovely. What? Who's not your this lovely? one. Do you want to know? No, let's, when you come to him, let's bring him up, but let's no, no, talk no, no, about we, the Earl of Lemon Grab. I, just, I don't I just want, want to tease I just want to more hear your, your description and, and give me the, the reasoning of the love. Yeah, yeah. The well, it's Justin Roiland. What else do you need, man? Uh, it's true. The voice it's actor true. for Lemon Grab is Justin Roiland, the creator of Rick and Morty, the voice of Rick and Morty. Yep. The dude's hilarious. He's so yeah. funny. It's so, I do think it's so amazing that this is pre-Rick and Morty. And like we're getting the S, the I mean the, his it's his Morty voice like this is, is his it Morty really voice, is. and he comes in on what I can only describe as a camel, and I'm pretty sure I saw this in Kenobi episode three. <laughs> <laughs> the I love camel it. that he comes in on is definitely a Star Wars character. I can only assume <laughs> it's so funny looking. I love um, that reference. Yeah, but he's he's obsessed with giving everyone dungeon, and he's got something messed up in his mind, sort of. You know, he, he's kind of cinnamon bun esque, is what I wrote down. Like, interesting. Kind of reminds yeah. me he's a little off. I know Princess Bubblegum says in this episode that it's the first experiment that she had that goes wrong or that went yeah, wrong. Well, well, you do see his first interaction with a candy person when he walks in is with cinnamon bun. Because oh, yeah. Cinnamon Bun falls off the trapeze in his first interaction and giving a candy person the dungeon is Cinnamon Bun, which is yeah. maybe not a experiment gone wrong, but it was an experiment half-baked. <laughs> and and from the from the gun, you know, says that the the kingdom or the castle or whatever is unacceptable. I yeah. gosh, it was so freaking funny. I, I love it. He's definitely my lovely. I want to say though, we need redemption for Lemon Grab. That's what really mm. needs to happen at some point. I need another character arc for him. Uh, I know he's next in line for the Candy Kingdom. He's mm. obsessed with giving everyone dungeon, but we got to get him back because he gets he gets robbed. I, I felt bad for Lemon Grab at the end of this yeah. episode. Good. No, that 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 is how like you should be feeling at the end of this episode. Okay, good. And the first time I, I watched the I show really through. Did. The, yeah, the first time I watched the show through, I don't think I thought twice about it. You know, I just thought, you know, he comes off as an antagonist, but he's really not an antagonist at all. See, I didn't, I didn't even feel that. I felt like he was just like, he's a little he was annoying. There. He, was he's, filling, yeah, he was he's, fulfilling his duties, really. But it's you know? in, in a little obnoxious way, you know, he's very much that character from, what is, I almost said A Knight's Tale. It's not A Knight's Tale. It's a movie that 
people our age love, but wasn't nostalgic for me. So I've only seen it once. Um, inconceivable. Conceivable, you know. Oh no, I, Princess Bride, Princess Bride, Princess Bride. Yeah, it kind of reminds yeah. me of that character a little bit. Um, but he's just he's just great. I don't really think he was an antagonist. I think he was made out to be by Princess Bubblegum, and I want a redemption for him at some point. No, I love that you say that because again, for the listeners out there, Russell's never seen this entire show. So, oh no, yeah, we haven't even mentioned that. No, I mean, episode. well, I, I would, I would hope that listeners at this point realize that Russell is a first-time watcher of this show. So, yes, very his much feelings so. and his thoughts about characters are taken at face value as we come across them, and I mean, that's why I was so pumped to talk about Lemon Grab today. Is that he's one? Like, this is one of the weirdly. It's not one of these storylines that goes into uh, multidimensional theory. It's not one of the storylines that goes into like, you know, deep magical things. It's a storyline of Lemon Grab, and he do- he doesn't come back till season four, hmm. and then after season four, they do a really intense, like, re- deep thought aspect to the can uh the lemon oh, the lemon grab kingdom because cool. he is a product of princess bubblegum we've already talked about the god complex that princess bubblegum would everybody has. else in that kingdom also be a product of princess bubblegum or is it just so, him and he kind so of no that's created. the ki- that's the kind of the and, and i'll do a spoiler drop here spoiler drop lemon grab starts his own king it's not a kingdom it's it's like the the lemon grab, you know, subsidiary of the babies. So she gives him because he's so off his rocker. Okay. She helps him begin to go, I realize that I created you. I have to let you live in your essence because you cannot let you cannot coexist in this candy kingdom. You are just so off your rocker. It, but I created you. I can't destroy you. So she gives him the ability to make his own people, his own kingdom, and things like that. And they essentially operate within their own society. So my deep thought here is that she brought him into existence. His created essence is sour versus sweet. You know, Princess Bubblegum is sweet, and he is sour in his essence. And so she goes, I made a mistake. But my deep thought is like, did she really make a mistake? Or did she just purposely create the antithesis of herself? Oh. You know, some somebody that's sour instead of sweet. She creates him. She sends him off to his own kingdom to live his own life. He never gets what's acceptable in society. That's why his phrase is unacceptable. He created his own version of acceptability. Yeah. yeah. So everything he deems is unacceptable is totally based on his own concept as if he defined society without any guidance whatsoever. And so mm. all of his craziness, off the rockerness, you can't blame him for it because he had to come up with it on his own. And yeah. the way he was created was to look at life through a sour lens, you know? Wow. Well, man, here's what I'll say too. Princess Bubblegum, I just thought of this. I have an issue with how she deals with people that she deems off the rocker or not correct or okay. You have the Royal Tart Toter, the Mm -hmm. old Tart Toter, who 
she says is crazy and basically warns against hanging out with him or whatever. You have old Mr. Cream Puff, who I guess died or she tried, tried to bring Bat to life in the very first episode. <laughs> who knows how he died? Lemon Grab. You have Cinnamon Bun. Like, There's all these characters that clearly aren't perfect or fully aware anymore. And she seems to just kind of neglect them. Like, that's not being a good ruler. That's not, I mean, I don't, maybe there's a parallel to modern day society and how we treat, um, you know, the mentally ill or homeless people or something. I, I, I don't know. I, I haven't thought deeper into any of that, but certainly that's an interesting concept. I want to be looking out for that as we continue to watch. Are there other characters that are that way that she is yeah. kind of ignoring in her kingdom? And and it it does that really does come up in the show again. And Lemon Grab comes back into the play in season four, so we we do have a bit of a break before our next Lemon Grab. And the next one with him is called "You Made Me." And the whole concept of that episode is that he's trying to study the candy people on like how to be happy and how to have a functional society. And he's like creeping on the candy kingdom to like. Oh, He's, he's Ice King. <laughs> yeah, but then he he's goes, kind of ice king. his line in that episode, he like runs away upset and he's like, you made me. And he, oh, and, dang, dude. You know, Damn. Princess Bubblegum keeps hating on him. She's like, you're a crazy person. Get out of here. We don't want you here. And he's like, you made me this way. So like, wow. how can the person that made me hate me? And that's that's where the lemon grab story and trust me it gets the lemon grab story gets way deeper there he gets a twin brother they start making their own people there's um lemon harp no hope or whatever his name is like there's a whole lemon grab story coming up through the rest of the seasons and it's all really based around the fact that lemon grab's trying his best and he he just can never live up to the expectations of his creator because of the way he was created. It's it's wow. really intense, man. Yeah. I got to say, I'm super excited to have more Lemon Grab. I, there, He's basically a meme. You see him all over the internet. Yeah. And I had seen Lemon Grab before I ever even considered re-watching the show, or not re-watching the show, watching the show at all. You know, I mean, yeah. even back to freaking high school, people were talking about Lemon Grab occasionally. It would come up randomly. So... I mean, it's I one, of the, it's the one of the most iconic characters from the show. I know. Show, I'm glad I, I love him as much as I, I do from this episode. And Justin Roiland is one of the funnier people, I would say, or one of the funnier creators out there in like the cartoon universe. So it's very exciting to have him in Adventure Time. That makes me excited for the future seasons and episodes. And on along the lines of like characters that I love, I, I got to shout out Starchy for a second here. Yeah, because I love it. Dude, I love I, a Starchy shout out. I love Starchy and he is so funny. He has like one or two lines this entire episode, but they he mentions Lemon Grab gives him three hours in the dungeon. And Starchy says, if Starchy survives that long. <laughs> <laughs> He's I just, just, I just he's couldn't, such dude. a good like he was a, he was in episode one man he was like an OG character he's an OG and, why would he not survive three hours in the dungeon <laughs> like because because if you squeeze me I'll fart yeah we we need to get more starchy too I want starchy yes. background oh at some man point. we get, we get the we get the most starchy background when it comes to root beer guy and um 
uh, cherry cream soda is like their backstory. Mm. We get some really good like what does Starch what does Starchy do in his normal days cool. um, in the Candy Kingdom? The we, get, we get that when we start going into the root beer. Just hanging story. out in the graveyard. <laughs> he's just yeah. He's like I just had a good day of grave digging. <laughs> Eating. He's a cannibal too, so that'll be interesting. <laughs> Or at least it seemed like it in the that's, first yeah, that, That's the theoretically <laughs> speaking is Starchy eats all of the candy before he buries them. <laughs> yeah, eats them to the bone. Um, man, and also Lemongrat came in and points at Princess Bubblegum, says that it, she is too young, and Finn mm-hmm. slaps the hand away and then does that thing that guys do sometimes, kind of in like movies and shows, TV shows, where they buff out their chest and they kind of buck Kind of bucks that. Yeah, he kind of bucks bit. for PB a little bit. I didn't <laughs> notice was, that. I didn't know that's a good, that's a good he did, call. He I did. didn't notice that. Well, it made me laugh because it's a running joke between me and Allie where she'll just randomly come up to me. Like I'll turn and then I'll bump into her and she's like, you know, bucking at me. Like, come on, you want to go? Like, let's go, <laughs> bro. You know, <laughs> that's so funny because that's not what I picture Allie doing at all. It's so funny. No, I know. It's 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 just a running joke that we have going, and it's so funny because in her mind, she's like, "Why do guys do that? Like, why is that a thing? That why is that like innate in our minds to like, oh, me me strong man, you know, like I'm gonna fight you or whatever." You can call but, it egotistical. You can call it evolutionary, but it's one maybe, of those two I mean, things. Finn does it in this episode for a split second, and I thought mm-hmm. it was so funny. Well, yeah, I, I love it. The like right when he comes in, he's like, "How you doing, uh, Peebos?" He has Peebos. Remember how we like in like two episodes? Or no, shoot, the end of season two, we talked about how he started dropping out the nicknames when oh, he yeah. started getting like closer to her. So he calls her like Peebos, like in this episode, and you he's start to still see, not on that Bonnabel level though. No, he's not on the Marceline Bonnebel level. He oh, never man. he never will oh, be, shoot. honestly. Oh dang, man. Spoilers for the future. Oh, I can only assume. No, we don't you, you realize uh, you could be rooting for it now. I give you the rooting for it now in season three. You don't once once Finn starts coming into his own, you don't you don't root for Finn and Princess Bubblegum. I don't I don't think I ever really rooted for Finn and Princess Bubblegum. I think from the very beginning we were like, dude, she's not the best person. Yeah. Well, and you can see it in this one. You you see a little bit of her scientific mind and a little bit, I mean, it brings up episode one, what we talked about when we started this pod, like podcast, the God complex, is that yeah. she creates him and she casts him out of the kingdom. And he's literally, he doesn't come back until a law is enacted that he has to come back and be the ruler. And she... Luckily, she acknowledges it, you know? She acknowledges that she made a mistake, but then she wrote the rules, so she abides by the rules. Um, hmm. Now, does she find a quick fix to it and go, hey, you butt, get out of here, and <laughs> yeah. he leaves, you know? Yeah. I'd say that that's in my top three tops of the episode. Is When she calls him a butt? She's like, hey, you butt? <laughs> I'm <laughs> old grab. again. And he's Your like, ah! It's pretty great. I know, it's and then really I just, he walks away. I just feel so sorry for him. But I don't know uh, yeah. why they—they're like first prank is a rude uh, Rube Goldberg. I can never pronounce mm-hmm. that. We freaking talked about Rube Goldberg stuff in this podcast. Yeah, we the, past. the Rube Goldberg. It, and I was just like, it just feels so Pee Wee Herman. Why? Watch. I don't like when TV shows do this experiment, or ex- it just—it's been done so many times. It's so boring. It's, the issue it's is inter- when you make them, you know they're not going to fail. 
it's an entertainment. I know, but you know it's complex, never going to you know? fail because they go one segment at a time. The person who creates it, like they go viral on YouTube, and I'm like, of course it works. Yeah. The dude sat there for hours going, okay, this causes this to happen. Now I go back a foot and I go, this causes this to happen. But anyways, so in this episode, Russell, my lesson of the show is Russell is unimpressed by Rube Goldberg's. <laughs> super like, unimpressed. But super in this episode, it's funny because all of it happens just to piss off like just a little gnome. <laughs> give him the you smell like dog bum, like dog well, buns. Well, it pisses off a gnome, and all they really needed was the gnome to walk off the, the button. No, or all whatever. they well, the, did you see that they had like the start of the whole one was like it's a two chicken. Of them. It was like a chicken calling, like or like yeah. a rooster, like which is typically supposed to wake someone up, right? <laughs> so they started it with that. like the the trope of like the rooster's supposed to wake you up, but they stuck corks in his ears. So silly. And then they were like, <laughs> it could have just been the rooster to start with. <laughs> but they did it all to just like <laughs> put a little like, read, dink on his head. He read the thing, the uh scroll just like I read on this podcast sometimes. You, you. Really? Smell like dog buns. <laughs> well, it's, I love... It's they harmless. Do, they start out pretty harmless, I gotta say. Well, and that's what I was gonna say. I was gonna go off that next. Is like the first yeah. one was harmless, and it was this really complex prank to give them a piece of paper that was like, you smell like dog buns. And the yeah. second prank was... Let's put ghost outfits on. <laughs> and I love and it. He's just walking up. through the hall and they just freaking punch him in the stomach. And he's That's like, That's the Finway. Oh, That's the Finn prank. Good, good prank. A good prank. <laughs> and I was like, That's the opposite of a good prank. Well, <laughs> it's like, you it's just funny freaking too because they convince them. They're like, You're supposed to laugh at pranks. Like, it's okay. You know, I know. Over your dungeon, all of you, dungeon, seven years, no trials. <laughs> but I, so I think the differences in those two pranks is part of this episode that really shows that he is so disconnected from the norm. So Peppermint Butler, he gets pranked the first time. He gets really mad. Peppermint Butler's dude, he's like, dude, it's a prank. It's just for laughs. It's just for laughs. And I think he's trying really hard to be normal, right? So when he he gets pranked again, he gets punched in the gut, which is not something you should laugh at. But he's trying so hard to be a good Candy Kingdom ruler. Very that he's like, so. oh, ha, ha, good prank. Good job, guys. Um, he just, he's so disconnected from society, man. That, yeah. That's his conception. He's like, I <sighs> don't, I don't, grab. I don't get candy people. Grab. You know, yeah. thank you. And it makes me so happy that you are um, grasping the empathy for Lemon Grab and his detachment from reality. That Yeah, but, Ned, you I don't know. know if you're going to be as happy about me also feeling sad for Peppermint Butler in this episode. Yes. Peppermint, well, yeah? guess who got my lovely? No. Peppermint Butler. Wow. Okay. He got my lovely of the episode. Yeah. I think it's just his it. interaction with serving him the food. And I was just like, oh, I just, I just love Pep Butt. And he's trying to, and he's also, he's like the butler to the ruler. So, yeah, their interactions are so good. Their honestly. interactions are so good. <laughs> he goes, I don't understand where food comes. He's like, I don't understand where food comes from. And then he, Peppermint Spoiler Butler starts to explain drop. it. And Lemon Grab's just like, oh, that's why I'm royal and you're servile. <laughs> <laughs> so, I did have a really fun fact about that scene in specific is that. When Peppermint Butler goes, my lord, 
food comes from Mars, and then he cuts him off, is that food comes from, he says, food comes from Mars, and Mars is where Glob lives. I'm going to leave it at that because I don't want to spoil too much. But oh, my Glob. It's not that the, the where food come from, like that doesn't matter. But like the fact that Peppermint Butler is starting to do this, like food comes from Glob, food comes from Mars, Mars is important. Is Glob like a bad guy? No, whatever. It's the fact that they use the phrase, oh my Glob, you can think, oh my God. And yeah, all of our freaking listeners are long time Adventure Time lovers. They hate me right now. They're like, just just talk about it. Why don't you just, just talk about, about we, it? Yeah, we can't. We can't, guys. No, I mean, guys, you can, I, I can walk away. I'll I love away. you guys. We can't talk about Glob right now. All I can say is that Peppermint Butler did in this episode, before we've gotten to Abraham Lincoln, before we've gotten to Glob, before we've gotten to Mars, Peppermint Butler references it now. And it's it's there. It's wow. it's so early in the show for Son of Mars, for Glob, for Abraham Lincoln. Like man, if I had there, a nickel, guys. man. If I had a nickel. If you had a nickel for every time I made nonsensical statements that you every, didn't understand. Every time on this you show. you didn't spoil the show for me. If I had a nickel. But you have I literally just said things that were nonsense. You you don't know what. No, I mean, I, I get it. Glob must be some sort of a, a god figure or something like that, and or he is someone that Peppermint Butler works for or something. I don't know. Whatever. Um, I see. Yeah. See, I didn't spoil too maybe, much. Maybe you didn't. Anyways, Peppermint Butler. I'm feeling sorry for him. The freaking so spice spice drops in his eyeball, and he's just like, <laughs> I'm just so excited Great to scene. serve you food. <laughs> and then, but he's. Dude, there's so many things that happen to him. He gets barfed on, like later on. He gets, and, he gets halfway eaten, like he gets sucked on by eaten, a lemon grab. <laughs> but he falls inside lemon grab's mouth, and then also he's the first one to remove half of, like a chunk of his body mm-hmm. to he, he's, help ageify Princess Bubblegum. I love it though, and maybe he got my lovely because he is truly a servant to the kingdom of the Candy Kingdom. And Lemon Grab becomes the ruler, and like, yeah, his his loyalty is to Princess Bubblegum, but he is acting as the butler to Lemon Grab when Lemon Grab's ruling. So he's doing interesting, really cool. Like he's he is the earl, not the earl, but the assistant to the ruler, and he's doing that for Lemon Grab. Now, is he also trying to mutiny Lemon Grab out by serving him spice? Yeah, oh, absolutely. You think so you think that's all? To get Princess Bubblegum back, or is there another reason for that? To, yeah, to, to get Princess Bubblegum back, for sure. Okay. Huh. Yeah, I don't think he has any disdain at all towards Princess Bubblegum. It's more like he's the... It's. I feel like it's such like a movie. Uh, it's happened a lot in movies. It's like the somebody falls out of power, but their their loyal butler was like, my, my duty is to the king. But you know what? Like on the side, like I'll help you out, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. I want you to be king again. Interesting. That man, that reminds me of. I'm trying to look it up real fast, but this is going to be totally. Uh, oh, there it is. I think it's Donzo. Do you know Donzo from Naruto, Ned? No, I don't. It may not be Donzo. I might be being it. It is Donzo. So Donzo is like in charge of the the Ambu Black Ops in Naruto. So he's like the guy in charge of the CIA or whatever of Naruto's kingdom. Uh, and he is kind of played out to be an antagonist in some ways. He's kind of evil and some you like you can't read his mind, but he doesn't seem like 
he's doing the right things. He's kind of being selfish in many ways, being super shady, but at the same time, in his heart, it feels like, and this is without getting too deep into the the show, he's doing what he feels is best for the Leaf Village the whole time. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder if Peppermint Butler, like even though he may be kind of evil in some ways, he is doing what he feels is best for the Candy Kingdom. Is that correct or would that be... You're you're on par. Off. You know, you're on par with that. I think he's doing what's best for the Candy Kingdom. Um, he's got a lot of backstory that involves like mystical dark arts and yeah, you know, wiz- wizardry, death, death um, spells, incantations. And his loyalty is to Princess Bubblegum to an extent because I think he knows Princess Bubblegum is the best ruler of the Candy Kingdom. But he's got... It's not ulterior motives. It's more like he can do a lot more behind the scenes than a butler can typically do. Cool. So Princess mm-hmm. Bubblegum may treat him like a butler, but he's got his own thing. Like he's 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 kind of the not a puppet master, but yeah, he's pulling strings behind the Sounds scenes. Sounds like and, he's kind of Donzo from Naruto. I be- yeah, he's pulling strings <sighs> and being like. I want to you know, binge Princess- this show. This sucks, dude. I can't. No, because like you're like you're like, dude. I like now you're see, you're see when that's the big thing, guys. Like listeners out there, we've got Russell to the point where he sees the big picture that these characters. He's like, I just want to know what Peppermint Butler does. I just want to know what PB does. And like <laughs> now we got him hooked, guys. It t- it does take I about this. I I t- would tell people takes about this far into the show where you, when you start seeing the little things happen, you're like, oh, shoot, I got the Peppermint Butler. I know he's the you know agent of darkness, and he's in this episode. And you're like, well, wait a minute. What else is he doing? Like, mm-hmm. we gotta get we gotta get to his core story, man. Yeah, man. I might be a little hooked. I mean, it's either that or maybe it's it's my uh sunk cost, the monetary investment in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Into you know, Michael. If, if <laughs> Michael, we ex- shout out our mm, incredible engineer. Hat, Michael incredible. Yes, wonderful. Wonderful human being who also left me also no longer living in I Nashville. See, yeah. He did move to Atlanta. <sighs> I haven't seen him yet. It's been only like a week and a half, but uh hopefully by the time this podcast comes out you'll have hung out with him. I hope I hope so. I've I haven't had a moment to breathe since he's been here, so hopefully we'll get yeah. to hang out. But I love it. I do love it that the fact that this episode with the fact that we have PB lore, we've got deep lemon grab stuff. We've talked about Peppermint Butler. Now you're seeing that like in 10 minutes, they cram in four or five different deep concepts to where you're like, actually a lot of stuff is happening in a really simple episode. A lot of, a lot of moving pieces are happening. Yeah. Yeah, it is, man. That That's a good episode. I dig it. Do you have any other deeper thoughts or are you, Ready to, to wrap things up for today? Yeah, I, th- I mean, I really think that we went we went through my god complex. We went through um, lemon grab, just like kind of ruling the candy kingdom and being upset because he's off his rocker. He wants it to be the way it is, but it can't be because that's the way he's created. I really think we nailed everything, man. Yeah. Well, let's get into our lessons. I've got a, a quick one. I think it's really obvious. Being eighteen is plop dumps and waggle zags. Mm. And it's true. That's a, good, man. that's a good lesson. It's that's true. That's a good lesson. You got to deal with it though, but it is plop dumps and it, it is, is plop definitely wild zags. 
Is that the only lessons. one you got? Yeah, that's all I got. I had some ones that, um, going back to the Finn story and with Princess Bubblegum being young and him being like, this is opportunity, man, is sometimes it's better to do something for the betterment of the larger picture than yourself is that he helps her become 18 again. And it, he knew, I, I could tell in Finn, he really just wanted the Candy Kingdom to get back to its normal self. But it meant that he gave up pretty much a guaranteed opportunity that he'd have a relationship with Princess Bubblegum. He really I mean, did give that up, man. What was the deal that he was trying to seal? I mean, he wanted, well, he wanted was another it the hug. Kiss? Um, yeah. Well, they did. They did kiss. They didn't. They did, but in, initially during the play date, what what was the the deal they were trying to seal according to the Jade? Do you think? I think the was deal the is that he it was going to become relationship. They're, they're official. Yeah. Yeah. A status yeah. or some sort of relationship status because she. I mean, dude, she threw out flirty vibes as shit. Oh my gosh! Like when it was like, oh, you're so spice. And she like grabbed his shoulders. I was like, dude, she, Matt, even at 13 years even, old, dude, come on. <laughs> dude, the flirt. No, that's when, that's when the, fl- the flirt aspect when you're the 13 is like so aggressive and that she knew exactly what she was doing. She was super flirting with him, man. Yeah, she knew what she was doing. And so, but the fact that Finn is so in his element of where he wants to be with his relationship with PB that I do love the lesson is that he gives that up because he realizes that the candy kingdom under princess bubblegum is a better place than it, like then under lemon grab, you know? Yeah. And yeah. so it's a really good thing. He gives up the, he, he sacrifices that second lesson is pet, butt is the tits. He's awesome. Wow. Uh, my third lesson is that sometimes Golly, mistakes in your past uh, can come and haunt you. Mm hmm. And that lemon <laughs> grab is fourth lesson. That's it. Okay. I have. I, I always list out things. Pet bust the tits. Yeah. Sometimes you gotta think of the betterment of the all mankind. In that, mistakes from your past do come back to haunt you. All right. Let's get into the next segment uh, as uh, we wrap your, this up. My Rex. Your, your Rex. Yes. Give me it. My wreck, and we actually talked about this while you were here. I'll be fast because I'm not. I know everyone's not interested. Formula One. Freaking Drive oh. to Survive. It's on Netflix. It's so freaking good. If you, I've heard that, man. Yeah, I'm not even in the cars. I've never been a car guy, but I am just so into. It's so dramatic. It's so much drama. <laughs> it feels like I'm watching a reality TV show, but it's dudes it's, about cars and about racing, and it's European people. And who doesn't love a good accent? You know, like mm. it's it's got everything. You, you know, we drive for like one half hour, two half hours, and we go and smoke a <laughs> cigarette. So you know, good. <laughs> You should, if you're into it at all, if you like drama, if you like sports and competition and people on the edge of getting fired all the time at any moment, <laughs> it's it's worth your time to watch. Uh, Ali has slept through some episodes and <laughs> um, never seen a single one of them, to my knowledge. So it's not for everybody, but for me, I think it's really funny. Or not so are you going to go to cool. the Nashville Formula One race this summer? I don't know if it's Formula One or IndyCar. I think we talked oh, about oh, that. Oh, shoot, it's IndyCar. My I think bad. it might be IndyCar yeah, or something. Yeah, it's IndyCar. So probably but are you gonna? Well, this show is probably going to get you into some sort of racing mentality. Oh man. Maybe. I think my cousin watched this show as well, and he and his brother and sister and maybe their parents 
went to Austin, Texas when Formula One came to Austin, yeah. Texas. So I've driven got the course that deep into it. Maybe I I've will, driven man. the course in Austin, Texas in an Audi R8, and it's pretty cool. That's pretty dope. I I, I, I get it. Yeah, it's cool, man. All right, what's your uh, food wreck? This no, week? it's not a food wreck this week. Drink? It is a show wreck. Oh, okay. It there is, you go. I do Obi Wan. Obi-Wan show wreck. Oh my gosh. Yeah. For all of my Star Wars fans out there, Obi-Wan gives you every, so like I, I love these Star Wars shows that are coming out, you know. But so like Mando was great, but there were some ebbs and flows of episodes. It'd be a boring episode where fun things would happen, but you know, it wasn't a lot of references. Obi-Wan is like references, answers, inquisitors. I played through the Star Wars video game, which was where the introduction of the Inquisitors came from. Mm-hmm. It's it's tying so many things together where every episode I just about shit my pants. And I'm like, that's everything I ever wanted from Star Wars. That like I've got some issues you know, personally with the Inquisitors and also all the focus on Leia, but it is really good. And I totally back it up. I mean, Kenobi... Obi-Wan is one of my favorite Star Wars characters. It's Luke and Obi-Wan for me. They've always been yeah. like, I think awesome. that's like, you know, obvious for many reasons, but Kenobi especially has always been one of my favorite characters of all of Star Wars. I wanted so bad for Ray to be a Kenobi that that would have been such a great hey, oh twist. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We, I do. We talked about oh. that. Well, cause again, uh, with, uh, was it Empress Satim from Mandalore in the Clone Wars? I really wanted, Ray to be the daughter of Obi-Wan and Empress Satim from the Clone Wars because they had a secret baby. I would have lost they had a shit secret over baby? that. What? No, 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 no. Obi-Wan had a love interest. I haven't during... seen Clone Wars yet. Oh, that's see that that's okay. where you get so Obi-Wan almost had the same love interest that An- uh, Anakin and Padme had with oh, Empress okay. Satim from oh, Mandalore. Oh, thing. Okay. Well, there's uh, so much he, more they should have done in the prequels where they freaking should have made Anakin and Obi-Wan like brothers well, instead of like... They should. Mentor, they really should you know. have made an episode... Like, if episode two ended, the Clone Wars TV show should have been three movies and it would have yeah. been great. Like it, right. it, it would have been... Like the, the, the TV show is about 17 movies put into one. Um, I'll have to but watch they, it. The 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 at least the bare minimum the Obi Wan show is my wreck. It's it's doing. If I could have written an Obi Wan show on my own, I could not have done this well, like at all, with how they're doing Leia, with it's how good. they're doing it is good. his stuff. Where I I never even conceptualized that Obi Wan thought Anakin was dead. He never realized that Anakin became Darth Vader. He just thought Anakin was dead. Yeah, he kind of left him for dead for sure. And he left him for dead. And so like when they have the moment in the show, spoilers for those who haven't watched yeah, Obi-Wan. I mean, but weeks, weeks ago. Yeah, if you haven't watched it by now, then, you know, screw you. So, yeah. Whatever <laughs> oh, no, it is. That, that's always hate. No, Travelers, y'all are amazing. You were amazing. Thank you for Come and travel back. on my Obi-Wan adventure with me. <laughs> There's so ben many things it. in the show that I'm just, I'm picking up on and it's it's yeah. everything I want out of filling in the gaps well, and filling in the answers to Star Wars I'm, that I I'm want. glad you're enjoying it, Ned. It's good. It's very, it's it is very nice. good. We just tried I'll, to... <laughs> I'll talk for another hour about it if you don't stop the me. The direct so. segment was just a five-minute segment. Let's wrap this up. <laughs> Y'all, if you're still listening, thank you so much. Maybe we need to say this at the beginning of the episode and watch to get some more reviews in. Just kidding. We've, we've had <laughs> quite a few. It might, it might not be a bad idea. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. I mean, 
If you want to review the podcast on Apple Podcasts, or honestly, if you can only do Spotify and you really don't have access to Apple Podcasts, just let us know that you rent us a five star, five star, one five star on Spotify. Five, five star. We'll, give, me, <laughs> give, me, give me five star. Give me five star. Come this on. Is, this is a great situation where me and Ned are probably referencing two completely different things in a similar way. <laughs> we are. Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. And we'll send you all a sticker. And also, I had actually someone reach out and be like, oh my gosh, Ned wrote me, a, or y'all wrote me a handwritten note. And that was so yeah. special. I wrote, um, yeah, I wrote everybody handwritten notes in all crap. of their stickers I sent. And because uh, I love you guys, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we love it. We appreciate the support. Also, I, you know, a little shout out to anyone and everyone who has like shared our episodes on social media. I think we don't normally talk about that, but getting other people in your friend circle or around you or even just posting on Instagram and tagging us helps us a ton. Like I had someone at a wedding come up to me one time and say, I recognize your voice. Do you do a podcast? And it was one of the most remarkably crazy moments of the podcast, my life as a podcaster sort of yeah. uh, so far. But well, please do all the things. You can check us out that- on Instagram. At Neverending Adventure Podcast, TikTok at Neverending Adventure Cast, Twitter at NEA underscore podcast, and email us. The Traveler's Log is always open if you have thoughts, opinions, uh, whether it's from previous ep- previous episodes or ones that we're about to come up to. And you can say in the subject line, on this episode, read this, and this is like my thought on this episode. We will do that and we'll shout you out on the episode. Yeah. Um, we only cover on YouTube. So we only cover so much stuff. We're missing so much good, theoretically speaking, so much good deep sure. thoughts. I'm sure. Like, fill, fill in our blanks, honestly. But on, well, also, to Russell's point too, we're, we're, do, do those reviews, do those shares, not just because it helps our podcast, but because we are building this little micro community of Adventure Time fans. And the more we, we capture those, the more we have people having conversation on TikTok feeds and in debating theories and uh, keeping yeah. the show alive to a certain degree, and that's what this little micro community that we're building is supposed to do. is supposed to supposed to get people talking, get people thinking, get you reanimated about something about your childhood love, and that's what we're trying to bring into a wider community. And yeah, so, and don't just it do it because it helps too. us. Do it because you love it. But it does get us closer to the future of the podcast, like whether it's better sound or it's visuals for YouTube. Or me and Russell get hired to write the next season of Adventure Time season 10. And y'all don't want that. (laughs) Y'all have listened to our commercials. Y'all heard the commercial today. It was so bad, y'all. I am not proud of today's commercial. We had about 45 seconds to come up with that. So if we can write that in 45 seconds, give me 45 minutes. I just wasn't feeling inspired. I wasn't feeling inspired for a commercial this week. (laughs) It was such a good episode, but I had no commercial thoughts. What I thought I did have, though, is that we will be here again next Tuesday for another episode of Never Ending Adventure Podcast. And obviously, y'all should just party forever. And I mean, you, you you know me. I loved you guys.